Every single other religion in the world has you doing a lot of work. It says, don't do this, do this. There's always a list of things that you have to obey in order to be saved. But Jesus tells a really different story. Christianity is different. In Christianity, Jesus did all the work for you. He finished it for you so that you can rest in him. I'm so glad that you joined me today on Audacious Arrows, where we're becoming recklessly bold men and women of faith through the power of God's word. We've been reading the book of Colossians, and today we find ourselves right in the middle of chapter 2. I want to remind you that the book of Colossians is a letter written by Paul and Timothy to the Christian church in Colossae, to the Colossians. Now, the church in Colossae was started by a man named Epaphras, and he was concerned because the people in his church were being pulled away from the gospel of salvation, away from the gospel of Christ to some other things. And today we're going to get into what exactly those other things were. There were false teachers who were telling the Colossian Christians that they needed to do some other things in order to be right before God. One of the things involves something called asceticism. It's spelled A-S-C-E-T-I-C-I-S-M. And asceticism is when someone is really severe or hard on their body. Maybe they deny all pleasurable things or they live somewhere where they are very cold and hungry all the time. They're really hard and severe on their body, almost punishing their body in order to be um, spiritually clean or um, for some religious purpose. So we're going to hear about asceticism and worship of angels. And Paul groups all of these things into categories like philosophy, empty deceit, which is like lies, meaningless lies. And he talks about human tradition and the elemental spirits of the world. Now, there's a lot of disagreement about what exactly the elemental spirits of the world are. Some Bible scholars believe that that has to do with the worship of angels or the worship of elemental things like um, like the earth god and the sun god and those kinds of things. Um, and some Bible scholars believe that this is um, kind of like demonic lies. So um, demons coming in and saying, hey, you, you should believe something else. Um, we're not exactly sure. But we know that the Colossians were being persuaded that they needed something in addition to Jesus Christ. They needed to do some things. They needed to deny themselves some pleasures and worship um, some angels in order to be right with God. We know that that's not true. And that's what Paul is going to address in our reading today. One other thing that he's going to talk about that I just want to address is he's going to talk about a circumcision made without hands. And what Paul is talking about there is not the circumcision from Abraham, right, that God told Abraham to do. And so all of Abraham's descendants, the Jewish people, did that to their bodies. But he's talking about a circumcision of the heart. Um, So in the new covenant, 
with Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and can take away a heart of stone and give a heart of flesh. Um, And in the Bible, that's talked about as the circumcision of the heart. Our hearts can be made new. And that's what Paul is talking about when he talks about the circumcision made without hands. All right, so let's dive in. We are starting in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. Here we go. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus in the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. In him you also were circumcised, with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you, who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses, by canceling the record of the debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink, or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations, Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that all perish as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. So in trying to understand what this part of Colossians means, I think it's helpful to kind of look at two different lists. What were the Colossians being told that they should do? And what does Paul tell them that Jesus already did? So let's start by looking at what what are these lies or this philosophy that the Colossians were being told? Basically, it comes down to two different things. They were told they had to be ascetic. They had to deny themselves things. Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, don't do these things. And they were being told that they needed to worship angels, which seemed like it involved certain types of festivals and celebrations and activities that they needed to do. So asceticism and worship of angels. 
Now, what does Paul say that Jesus already did for them? Paul gives us a really big, long, extensive list, starting in about verse 10. It says that we have been filled in Christ, that we were given this circumcision of the heart, so we were given new hearts. We were buried with Jesus in baptism, and we were also raised with Jesus through faith. We were dead in our trespasses and the uncircumcision of our flesh, and God made us alive together with Jesus. We have been forgiven all of our trespasses. The record of debt that stood against us was nailed to the cross. Jesus disarmed the rulers and authorities by triumphing over them in Jesus. So all of these things are things that Jesus did on our behalf for us. So hearing those two lists, the things that the Colossians were being told they had to do, and the things that Jesus already did, which list do you like better? I sure like Jesus' list better. He did all of those things for me. I want to follow him. And that's exactly the point that Paul is making. Walk in Christ. Hold fast to Jesus because he's already done all of these things. He is more than enough for what we need. We don't need to add to what he's already done with extra work or extra types of worship. We can simply worship him and be thankful to him. We can just look to him and what he did. And that's the point that Paul is making here. So think about that in your day-to-day life. You don't have to do extra things to be good enough for God. He is already good enough for you. He has already finished the work for you. So you can joyfully and thankfully obey him and follow him. Our memory verse this week is from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verses 11 through 14. These promises in these verses were given to the exiles from Jerusalem in Babylon under Nebuchadnezzar. Um, So they were given to a certain group of people, but the same God who made these promises is the God that we worship and follow. So his character and these promises can be true for us too. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for wholeness and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I'm so glad that you joined me today in reading the Bible, and I hope that you will seek him and be found by him today. We'll see you next time.